0: Um, I'm sure somebody's looking at Black Food Truck Festival like, dang, they did all that in one year? Like, damn. Uh, like, you know, like, nah, it ain't one year. Right. Um, this is years and years of honing on the crab. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, these are years and years of being a little boy and seeing my family host events. You know, it, just, it didn't just start with me.
1: Get your water and keep some wine. I should have had some wine. With exposure execution, and consistency, there is nothing you can't do. Just keep planting. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Responsible Homegirl podcast. I am Piani, the Responsible Homegirl, and this is a space that I have created to help young adults become financially responsible and wealth conscious. So if you've been rocking with me for a little while, you know that I have a series on the podcast called Think Like a Mogul. And all I do is interview entrepreneurs, Who are from South Carolina or who live in South Carolina just to kind of pick their brain tap into their mindset and really learn how they are building their wealth through business so today we have no other than Mr. Marcus Hammond on the podcast thank you so much for being on Marcus
0: Man, thank you for having me thank you for having me I'm a fan I love it
1: you're a fan of the Responsible Homegirl I'm
0: a fan of the Responsible Homegirl podcast (laughs) Mom, it. I've, been follow, I've been following for a while now I, l- I love what you got going on so i appreciate you having me
1: oh thank you so much how you feeling today
0: i'm feeling good man like two weeks away from the the black food truck festival so things are moving fast and i'm excited so i'm feeling good this morning
1: yeah, I feel special because when I reached out, I was like, this man probably got so much going on. The Black Food Check Festival is right around the corner and I'm hitting him up about doing an interview. But nonetheless, he took my offer now on a show and we just we're gonna tap into your mindset. So the first thing that I really want to ask you is I always ask my guests this because right. I'm the responsible homegirl, but I wasn't always the responsible homegirl. So can you tell me an irresponsible financial decision that you've ever made?
0: Yeah, they yeah. not not looking at the numbers and not paying attention to what you're spending and what you're making. Mm. I think um, a lot of times we just go about our day spending money and not planning, um, not looking at the numbers, not following the numbers. And that's one of the biggest mistakes you can make. Mm. You know, when you do a financial analysis with somebody or you look at the books or somebody who is. Uh, financially irresponsible or somebody who just simply has goals a lot of times we don't even know how much money we're spending and so and you you can't do it one time right because money doesn't stop so it's like a thing you have to continue to do and build it into your, your weekly or your monthly habits
1: so were you always there? Like, did you always have that mindset or do you feel like you made mistakes as a young adult and now you think I'm that was-
0: st- I'm still developing that mindset. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I lose my weight sometimes, you know. Um, but, you know, I always try to get back. I always try to, you know, the numbers are really important. Um, I always try to look at what's going out, what's coming in, what I can do better. Um, and really knowing yourself too and studying your habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, some stuff I might want to splurge on, I can cut back on some of the other things, you know. Um, the bills that aren't necessarily set in stone like your rent and uh you know maybe your car payment or your phone bill we know what those are going to be right but some of the stuff like eating out which is a big deal going out shopping amazon you know yeah. you kind of keep track of like the things that you you, you know you really enjoy and kind of you know make way for those um in, com- in comparison to the to the necessities
1: yeah I love that you brought that up too, because that's something that I always preach. Like, if you don't keep track of what you got going on, your money will literally be everywhere. And Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you said you can't just do it one time. And I always say, like, budgeting is not something that you do once a month. Like, you need a budget. You need to be looking at your numbers every single time you get paid. It's your plan. So thank you um, for definitely pointing that out.
0: Yeah, because, you know, a lot of people be scared to look at their bank accounts. Listen,
1: they're to <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: know,
1: I be me all up in there trying to figure out what's going on. Right. If every single month you are looking at your bank account like, dang, where did my money go? I need you to invest in my lifestyle budgeting ebook. I laid out my entire process on how I manage my money every time I get paid with no stress attached. Managing your money, budgeting your money does not have to be a stressful activity, a simple process to help you manage your money with ease. If you want to start spending more wisely, saving more, and just overall getting a better grip of managing your money, the lifestyle budgeting ebook is just for you. So do not wait, do not continue to live paycheck to paycheck or struggle by choice when I am literally giving you the tools to be financially successful. How you manage your money now will definitely determine how you manage the more money you will make in the future. So start developing good, healthy money habits right now. Start consistently budgeting right now and just set your whole financial future up in a better space. So click the link in the description box or the episode show notes and go purchase my lifestyle budgeting ebook. Now let's get right back into the podcast episode. So, well, Marcus, tell my community... Um, a little bit about how you grew up and what kind of shaped you into being the entrepreneur that you are today. I know that's a loaded question, but like give us some insight into like your background and how you got here.
0: Um, I am, my name is Marcus Hammond, of course, born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. Shout out to Memphis. Um, I've been living in Charleston now for a while. I, I came to Charleston Uh, by way of a basketball scholarship to the College of Charleston. So uh, College of Charleston alumni. Um, And to be honest, like when I graduated high school, when I graduated college, I knew I did not want to go sit in nobody's office. I didn't want to go sit in a bank. Uh, I hated being micromanaged um, in school. I was the only child for 11 years of my life. So I love being around people. I love trying to find a way to engage with other people um, and so I didn't like somebody I didn't like having to do something on somebody else's time um, and so when I graduated college I had to find a way to still be able to afford the things that I wanted to do and the lifestyle that I wanted to live and so I started diving into different projects which led me to events and basketball training I got into food and bev in Charleston when I first graduated which is normal here like the food okay. here was amazing. Like everybody right. was in food and bed at some point. And then I did some basketball training. Uh, was going to try to go overseas. I think I was burnt out on basketball a little bit. So uh, I started developing like an entrepreneurial mind, you know, mm-hmm. stepping on landmines, making mistakes, um, having little gigs here and there where I could still have enough time to figure out uh, what kind of entrepreneurial venture I wanted to, to, to do and who I wanted to be. I just knew I didn't want to go work in a bank, and I knew I did not want to go sit in a nine-to-five. Wow. Both of things, both of which I've, I've literally done the last five or six years.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> so, something that you keep saying, like, you didn't want to go sit in a bank, you didn't want to be in an office. So, like, what was your major when you went to college?
0: Uh, business administration with a minor in Spanish.
1: Got you. Okay, that's
0: interesting. Yeah. yeah. So-
1: after you graduated from college, you're still staying in Charleston. You say you started doing like little event, not little, sorry. You started doing <laughs> <the> events.
0: <laughs> don't play with me. <laughs> my events were popping. My events was popping. <laughs> the events
1: was popping. I'm just saying because I mean, the person that we know now, we don't really know markets for, or I don't know markets, maybe because of my age. I don't know markets for the events that you did in the past. I know markets and associate you with the Black Food Truck Festival.
0: Right.
1: But i like that you bring that up because it shows like it's a journey to the huge thing that there is now it is picking like apart what you said um a couple of minutes ago with just like um basketball and um doing your events and different stuff like that because you went to cfc on a basketball scholarship did it hurt you that you didn't go pro or did it was like, or was it even a part of your plan to like go pro or anything like that with basketball?
0: Yeah. My plan was, that's a, that's a great question. My plan was always, um, I always felt like I had the ability to play professional basketball and that I was going to go play professional basketball. I wasn't hurt that I didn't go. I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the hurt for me or the biggest adjustment for me was being 23, 24, leaving college. And all of your life, you spend at least three, four, or five hours a day playing basketball in some capacity, um, whether it be working on yourself and working on your game by yourself or you with teammates. You know, I started playing basketball when I was eight, nine years old, so I've always been in an organized basketball setting. Mm-hmm. And so you play in high school, you practice six days a week. Um, you go to college, you practice six days a week. In the off seasons, you're training at least two, three, four hours a day. And then you graduate college and there's no plan. I think that was the scariest moment for me. It was like, all right, what do I do now? I have no clue what I wanna do. Which, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes necessity is the mother of invention, right? Like I needed something to do. I knew I didn't wanna sit down like and just be in one space the whole time. So I started looking at the different options uh, as far as being an entrepreneurship and then really studying myself and seeing what kind of skill set I had. Uh, to bring out the best of my earning capabilities
1: that's great and we cannot just gloss over what you said you said necessity is
0: the, the- mother of invention
1: wow
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah you need like sometimes you're just sitting there and you're like you need you got to have money like you know you got to have uh, a certain lifestyle or certain goals you got to always keep those goals to kind of keep you pushing and keep you moving uh, you got to write those down and, and pay attention to them and really reverse engineer how you want to get to them.
1: Right. I love that so much. So now bringing us up to speed. You graduate college,
0: you mm-hmm. start
1: throwing events. You said you did work at a bank, right?
0: Man, mean, I've worked everything. So <laughs> <laughs> I've done, uh, when I graduated, I've I've literally, so people see the, the Black Food Trust Festival and all of its success now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've done an event in Charleston every year since 2010. Wow. So I've got a feel for what people want, and I have specifically a feel for what the Black community wants uh, in regards to events, mm-hmm. um, and so when I graduated, I was working at California Dreaming, and I was teaching basketball, and from there, I've done everything from retail And sold everything from cars to selling furniture, um, selling clothes and still doing events, Um, not just parties, but also planning basketball camps, uh, because those are events as well. Those require a timeline and keeping people's attention, which is, if you know kids, it's hard keeping their attention anyway, Uh, doing basketball coaching. And at one point I was selling cars and I fell in love with the finance side and I wanted a job um, that I could earn a lot of money in as well as um still be on the financial side of things and so i didn't want to work in a bank and ended up going into the banking industry Uh, i was in commercial banking for a few years from 2017 to about 2020 or 2021 and the last couple of years i've been on the personal banking side um just doing personal banking with wealth clients and so on and so forth and uh, still doing events every year until the pandemic And always wanted to do an event of all sizes, um, which led me to the Black Food Truck Festival.
1: Wow. See, your story is making me feel so good in the inside because, like, as an entrepreneur and, like, I just do a whole lot of work on or a whole lot of research on entrepreneurs, it's like the journey is never linear. It's like you will try this, you will try that. Like, you will do all of these different things that bring you to this space like it's not cookie cutter at all so at all (laughs) so just hearing all of the stuff that you're saying I'm like wow like this this literally sounds like all the stuff that I read about
0: yeah absolutely I went to uh I went to Memphis for a year and I was a substitute teacher I wanted to spend time with my family and I was working out training thinking I was gonna try to go overseas and I was Mm -hmm. like you know I want to do events for black people downtown Charleston and so I have a lot of connections in Charleston. Like Charleston is a beautiful city. The food is amazing. Like it's a community that I've built, a tribe that I've built. And so I came back and I started doing events. My first event was at an Irish pub on King Street. And then I'd start doing events at an Asian restaurant on King Street. It was 18 and up. And I, then I started doing networking mixers and just all of these different events where you don't, I didn't even realize I was gaining all of this knowledge at the time. Uh, right. I've even you know with a college degree I've taken hotel jobs making nine twenty-five dollars an hour <laughs> uh, working at the Gap on Banana Republic just all these different gigs to kind of figure out what I wanted to do and that whole journey was not linear at all. <laughs> so with the
1: <laughs> events that you were um, hosting were all of them successful?
0: No my first event ever was huge i got paid cash i think i got like five or six hundred dollars at the door and i thought like i was like oh this is gonna be easy like (laughs) i'm winning first gig out the gate was successful and then about a month later things just kind of went down um and i think from there events were just like all of the events that i was doing were like up and down Um, my goal when i started doing events was i'm gonna do events and then I'm going to build up to where I can bring in artists and do concerts. And then I'll keep flipping that money until I can get my own space. Um, and it's funny how that initial goal is exactly where I am today. Wow. Yeah. And so it was, it's, it's you know, you can't, you can't never get too high with it, too low with it. Those events have been up and down.
1: I love that you share that because as a young adult and a lot of like young people my age and there early 20s they listen to this and I feel like we live in a time right now where we want stuff so fast and it's just right. like sis enjoy and embrace the journey and I'm also talking to myself because mm-hmm. everything is not going to always go like picture perfect the way we think about it in our head but it's like if you don't give up you will get to where you want to get to
0: absolutely absolutely and I keep saying you got to know yourself too like I think um, with the rise of like Instagram and social media and like what we think is microwave success, like people start to compare themselves and be like, well, she doing this and she making $100,000 supposedly a month. I'm gonna go and do that. Even though that might not even fit your personality. That might not even be what you want to do. Like that might not even be your purpose. So right. I think, you know, being self-aware and like knowing what like moves you and not just knowing what moves you also knowing what you're good at right you know sometimes you may have to do something you don't want to do to be able to get to a place you want to be in the future and that happens I didn't want to go to work at a hotel but my rent had to be paid and you know Talk
1: about it. Talk I, about want,
0: it. I wanted the freedom to be able to learn other skills for the future I mean it would have been easy for me to to go into corporate America right out of out of college
1: mm-hmm.
0: I had the skills to go in. I always have had the skills to go in and be marketable and go into corporate America, but that doesn't, that's not something that brings out the best of me and brings out the best of my personality. Mm -hmm. And so we got to be self-aware and like, you know, everybody's journey is different. (laughs) Some people get it at different times. Um, I'm sure somebody's looking at Black Food Truck Festival, like, dang, they did all that in one year. Like, damn, you know, like, nah, it ain't one year. Right. This is years and years of honing honing on the crab mm-hmm. um, this is these are years and years of being a little boy and seeing my family host events you know it, just, it didn't just start with me um, so when you read books like the outlier that talks about the different things that happen in your life to put you to where you, in a place to where you want to be or where you are now you kind of realize it's, it's never overnight
1: Absolutely. This episode is sponsored by Kickoff. Kickoff is one of my favorite credit building apps in the personal finance space because of two main reasons. One, it is super affordable. It's only $5 a month. And then two, I love that they have a credit building loan. You pay $10 a month, but after you pay this for 12 months, you get your full return back. So you're going to get your full 120 back. And that is literally unheard of in the credit building space. So it's no interest it's no hidden fees it's none of the shenanigans that come with a lot of apps not being shady just being real so those are things that you have to look out for so if you're not in the 700 credit club i would highly recommend that you go download the kickoff app create your account today start developing those good money habits and they will be reporting to two of the major credit bureaus and just watch your score increase so yeah download kickoff create that account and let's get right back into today's podcast episode and now that you brought up the black food truck festival before i ask you any questions i just want y'all to know if you have never been to the black food truck festival you better go buy your ticket right now and go so last year i went for the first time they usually host y'all host like two a year right
0: yeah it's annual. annually twice a year
1: okay so they host two a year I wasn't able to go to the first one because something happened. But then the second time I went and when I tell you it was a great experience, like food was good. The vibes were great. I'm on all a promo content market. You owe me a check. I, I, I
0: do owe you a check. You on everything.
1: Got I on everything.
0: Got the big hair popping, smiling, food in hand. Like, just having a good
1: yeah. time. <laughs> I went to go buy my ticket for this year's festival. It's on November 19th. And I went to check out and I saw me and my sister picture at the top. Of
0: <laughs> all the marketing material.
1: You owe me a check. Mara.
0: Yes, you are everywhere. Listen, you about to be <laughs> all over the When people type in Black Food Truck Festival, Kiani is right there with her smoothie in her hand. <laughs>
1: exactly. She's <laughs> like a little bit of a responsible homegirl. Like I a lot know. of people research me.
0: Should have had that t-shirt on. Like you right. would have <laughs> been like the responsible homegirl. Like oh yeah you all over the marketing
1: everywhere everywhere
0: Everywhere.
1: (laughs) so now marcus catch me up to speed on the inspiration behind the black food truck festival and how did you even like create it?
0: it it it's it's funny how things come full circle right i wanted to come back and do events for black people in charleston and really highlight um black culture in charleston right um and and doing that like you went to the college of charleston like you have lived in charleston charleston yeah. is very white it's not a really a diverse place especially downtown charleston mm-hmm. um and so we live in this space because we love it right the, the the food is is amazing like some of the best in the world people travel worldwide to come and eat charleston's food and enjoy charleston's weather and culture and all of the many things that embody why this place is so beautiful. Um, but a lot of times we don't share those stories from Black people and from the people who live in this community. That's and so coming in town here, I mean, where do you go if you want a, a Black experience? Mm-hmm. And so often over the last, you know, 15, 18 years I've been in Charleston, we complain about not having things for us. Um, and so what I wanted to do was I just really got tired of complaining about it and I decided to create it yeah and so I went to this festival this food truck festival I have been planning a festival in my mind I didn't just want to do events that were 21 and up or uh you know parties they they have their place but I wanted to do something where from a business standpoint I can get everybody's money and from a cultural standpoint it can be very like community and family based where everybody can come out and celebrate each other have a good time and make an economic impact Right. And so when I'm at this festival, I had a different festival in my mind. I won't say it because I'm still thinking about it. You're going
1: to tell me offline, though, right? I'll tell you
0: offline. I'll tell you okay. offline. Okay. And, so, and so I go to this food truck festival, and I'm there. And, like, it's just, again, it's like a sea of just white people. And the event is super dope. Like, it's a dope event. Like, food trucks everywhere. But, you know, you know, it just wasn't us. Like, I didn't feel comfortable. It was just kind of like I got bored. Mm. Um, there weren't that many black owned food trucks like i didn't see too many people that looked like me you know there wasn't nobody playing space and uno and Dumb. it was just you know it just did not a vibe just, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a vibe mm-hmm. and it just hit me it was like oh black food truck festival
1: that'll
0: wow. be, be super dope and this was in 2018 mm. and it stuck with me for like a week and then i started asking people like yo would you go to a black food truck festival they're like hell yeah i'll go to a black food truck festival and so, you know, I, I had that idea in my mind and I just kind of started building on it in my mind, like Black Food Truck Festival, Black Food Truck Festival, but I didn't have any money. Wow. And I didn't know where to start to get sponsorship. Um, fast forward to the pandemic in 2020, in 2021, I lost my job. Um, and you lost about- your job
1: in 2020?
0: I, t- I lost my job in 2021. Okay. And so in the beginning of 2021, I lost my job and she brought me in and she sat me down. I was like, you know, we had a bank merger and was like, oh, we're going to lay you off. And then she slid me a piece of paper with a severance on it. And I was like, oh, Black Food Truck Festival. (laughs) So I went home. I looked up Black Food Truck Festival on Instagram, saw the name. I was like, oh, I got the name. And so then I went to Facebook. Hold up.
1: Nobody had the name Black Food Truck Festival.
0: Nobody had the name Black Food Truck Festival so
1: that's crazy
0: yeah nobody nobody had the name black food truck festival so when you look up black food truck festival on instagram it's us it's me um okay. looked up on facebook and saw that black food truck festival we had the name on facebook mm-hmm. so then i go to GoDaddy. i'm like sure enough somebody got the name right. and i type it in and we got the name we own the domain name so i'm like oh i'm 100 miles of running it's we doing it like right. Took all of my money, um, went to a bunch of different festivals, like did a lot a lot of market research, talked to some friends who had done events, talked to a consultant, Jabari, who's on my team, who had done a festival. I, I said, this is what we're doing. I was like, I don't care what happens, I'm gonna do it. Like mm-hmm. I've been saying I'm gonna do it for three years. Everybody's face lights up when they hear about it. No matter what happens, I'm just gonna do the event. Right. And we'll figure it out from there.
1: Wow. So you had this vision in 2018, but didn't have the Mm -hmm. point. Three years of keeping this vision in the back of your head, you get laid off, you get a severance check, and then you hit the ground running.
0: Hit the ground running.
1: This is crazy to me. (laughs) (laughs) That nobody had the name Black Food Truck Festival. Are y'all the only like Black Food Truck Festival like in the country?
0: So from what I've seen, I believe I've seen people who've done an event once or twice but the name is us wow we own we and even now like we own the we've applied for trademark mm-hmm. um we applied for trademark the day after the black food truck festival in november of last year um and it's it's amazing that nobody thought to 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 do or to, to just have the name
1: because it was yours
0: Yeah, it was mine. It was for me. Like, So we took it and we dominate the SEO right now. If you type in Food Truck Festival, Black Food Truck Festival is going to pop up. If you type in Black Food, Black Food Truck Festival is going to pop up. Wow. So our goal over the last year, or my goal has been to dominate the SEO. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens with Trademark, we're going to do what we have to do on our Mm -hmm. end so that the marketing is... Even if somebody wanted to do a Black Food truck festival, you gotta run into us first to be able to find anybody else's page. Absolutely. Like, so we just, I was like, it's for us. It's for me. Like, we did. Right. Like, so
1: so you hosted the first Black Food Truck Festival in 2021. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that first one. How how did it go and what did you learn from it?
0: The first one went um, the first one I did all along. I did by myself. Um I don't think people I think we say all along, but I, you know, looking at it, it still wasn't just me. I had people consult with me, help me. Um, kind of I had volunteers, which was was which was amazing. And um I wanted to do a food truck festival like the one you came to in April. The first one I wanted to do was like go from crawling to running. Like I'm like right. I'm 35 food trucks, I'm gonna have all of these bands, I'm gonna have this, that, and the third. And I was like, nah, we got to really start off small to test the market and Mm -hmm. see if this is something that people want. Um, And one of the biggest things I did, too, was like I kept my face off of everything. I just wanted to see how people responded to a Black food truck festival, not even knowing who was behind it. Right. So we got eight food trucks. We started off with eight food trucks last November. Um, We had a band each day. We had one band each day. Um, We had some stuff for kids to play and some face painting and things of that nature. Uh, very small confined space uh, just not knowing like what was going to happen um gave away 500 free tickets um just to make sure that people were there Mm -hmm. you know Um, and so what we did was um built it really small like i said you know if we sell out or you know it gets too crazy then people will know like they'll be ready to come to the next one and one of the biggest things I learned from that event was charge what you're worth. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> charge what you're worth. Um, I got it. Don't and don't be afraid to to charge, you know, what you're worth. And and I say that because I heard you I heard you on the responsible home girl. <laughs> and you was talking to your sister and you was like that cheap client will use you up so they can't use you no more. Very true. And I was telling because I was building a model um, off what I've seen at the other food truck festival. I was like, I'm going to do this event for free, right? I was going to do it for free, and it hit me one day. I was talking to my team, and I was like, "Well, the other festival does it for free," and they were like, "You ain't the other festival. Not the
1: other festival. Not the other
0: festival." And like, and they ain't you, right? So like, you giving you got music. You got the vibes. You got everything that we want. The marketing. It's a different
1: experience.
0: It's a whole different ex- experience. And you're like, this is what you're providing. You deserve to earn something from that. Right. And I, charged a, I charged an admission price of like 10 bucks. And I'm so happy that I did because it covered the event. And had I not done that, that probably wouldn't have been a second one. Wow. So that was one of the biggest things that I learned. And also the, what we talked about earlier, making sure you track your data. Like following the numbers and anything you do is so important. Like uh, I did not like analytics in college and playing basketball. I hated the numbers. But if you follow the numbers, it is like it is vital to your success of your business. Um, listening to what customers want and really, really, really following the numbers because the numbers will tell the story of what you're doing right and wrong and what you can do better.
1: Right. So two main things that really stood out to me from what you just shared. The first one, you said you gave away 500 free tickets just to make sure people was there. And I don't want to just like gloss over that because I think that that is just like amazing strategy because, you know, as people, especially Black people, we want to be somewhere where everybody else at. I don't don't know what it is, but if ain't nobody there, it's whack, it's lame, like, So I thought that that was very smart to just make sure that people was going to be in the building. So on the other side of that, you also said to charge your worth. So what made you say, oh, I'm going to just do this for $10? Was it a little bit of fear attached to that? Or you were just like, because it's our first one, I'm going to charge $10? That's
0: what it was. Um, I know that people are also used to other festivals that they think are similar and think they don't have to pay anything Mm. um and so i did there's a little bit of fear attached to that like i can't see and act like it's not right because it's the first one right so you don't know what you're getting Mm -hmm. Um, like you have no clue as to like what you're getting it's like um like if if you had a friend that came home and had a plate of food and offered you some and you tasted it and it was really really good right right? and the first thing you ask them is like where you get that from?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the next time you want lunch, you go out and get it. But right. if you had never tasted it, I had never known about it, you would have never gone back. Mm-hmm. And so, what we wanted to do was, or what I wanted to do was show people that this is quality. When you come here, it's a whole vibe. You ain't going nowhere else and getting this kind of vibe. So, when you come, you like, this is dope. Right. So, this is so dope that this is worth, this was way worth my money. Mm-hmm. Like more than worth what i'm paying for i when they have it again i'm coming back
1: right
0: and so we did that and people saw it you know every event i do i want to you you want people in your space right
1: mm-hmm.
0: those 500 people at least 250 of them are gonna bring somebody else absolutely yeah so there you go
1: and that's very true because like i said the first one i didn't go to but the one i just went to in april me and my sister we came together Right. Like, you've to, right, you've got to come back to this. So yeah. you started off small. You started mm-hmm. off crawling. Then you went to the fairgrounds. Yes. Talk to me about that transition. And I really want to address the real because when I first got there and I saw that line, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I know that there was an adjustment going from where you started to back in April. So talk to me about those growing pains and everything that you learn through that process
0: you can't be afraid to listen to the customer right um and and to be honest a little bit of me the first one um was like if it gets crazy and the lines along like psychologically people are going to be like what is this i got to come back Mm -hmm. um but also um you want people to overall have a great customer experience and if people can't get in the venue or can't get to the food truck then that's putting a limit or a damper on their customer experience and so a lot of times people are going to complain Like right? it's just the nature of doing events some everybody's not going to like the product or service that you have it's just not for everybody um but you know and the customers is not always right i tell my team this all the time the customer is not always right but the customer is always first um, mm-hmm. Everything we do, the customer is first. Right. So, even the comments that I don't like that I get on Facebook, I analyze all of them. Mm-hmm. And a the big problem was the lines. um We know that there's a market for this now. People wanted more space. They wanted to get out and have more space. And so, what we did was we went and found a venue, which was the YMCA um, out in Kane Bay. And the logistics were awful. Uh, we were trying to like really force it out there. Um, we were going to have people like, you know, go to a high school and then we were going to bust them to the, it was just a whole lot going on. And we went and talked to the fairgrounds and they didn't have anything going on, uh, which was fortunate for us. And they were the perfect space for us um, because the demand for what we were doing or what we are doing is continually like, it's growing, like it's growing. It's crazy. It's crazy. yeah, and so it was like oh this would be perfect now you know i can go from eight food trucks to 36 food trucks Mm. what we did we had about 30 food trucks about 36 food vendors overall and we opened up this space at the fairgrounds like opened the whole space up um thought we had this like we thought we had we we thought we had it all figured out wow like oh this is gonna be easy this is gonna be more than enough space so even if it's you know seven or eight thousand people that come out over the weekend like this is enough space for vendors to make money for people to go and watch the music you know we have the lounge in the back the cigar lounge it was just a whole vibe all over the place and thousands of people showed up at the same time everywhere everywhere like everywhere and so you have to stay calm and like really figure out those solutions on how we can get these people in Mm -hmm. Um, not only did those people come but The average temperature on that day is 72 degrees. We did a 10 year, I did a 10 year review. The average temperature was like between 72 and 77 degrees on that day, which feels good. It was 84, 85 degrees. It was hot. hot. It was hot. (laughs) So it's hot. And I had like all of these scanners that I ordered that are iPhones to scan tickets.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's so hot that the iPhone is losing power and it's overheating and it's not working
1: wow
0: but scanners are dying fast and you've got 500 people in line all the way out to the street and it's hot so it's like how do we do this round it up all out of my, your control out of my control it's like yeah. okay now i gotta figure out a solution so i pull my phone out because i wanted people to see me that i'm out there and i care about them we all go to the event right on our phones and we try to just start scanning people on our phones mm-hmm. and, you know we then we started just Kids, don't even like scan them, don't worry about if They have a ticket, just let them in. Uh, let's get if people have a ticket and we see their ticket, we might not be able to scan them. You know, we're gonna miss out on some numbers, but that's okay because we want people to get in and enjoy what we have. And it was really just a case of problem solving. Uh, even though we thought we were scaling, I didn't want to scale too fast, too big,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but the demand is is there. And yeah. so, and then we didn't have a limit on tickets because we didn't think. You know, we just didn't, I just, I put 5,000 tickets for Saturday thinking that that was enough. I was like, we're going to cap it at 5,000. 30 minutes before the event, people are blowing my phone up saying, why can't I get into the event? Like the tickets are sold out. I had to literally go on my phone and open the tickets back up to 10,000 to get people to really start to be able to come through. Um, but it was, I thought we had enough food trucks and, you know, we we just, things happened, and, you know, people wanted to serve, and overall, you know, most people had a great time, mm-hmm. aside from the lines, you know, and we're trying to fix that. they had a great time out there.
1: Yeah, I feel like, for me, I definitely had a great experience, and I'm not sure if you got a chance to kind of, like, talk to people during the event, but I remember specifically being in line, and I like to talk to people, so this woman behind me, she was like, yeah, I'm from Savannah, and I took the train here, and I was like, You took the train (laughs) to the Black Food Truck Festival. That was so like crazy to me. But even in the back of my mind, I'm like, wow, like people want this for real and they see value in actually getting here to have this experience.
0: That was the most like humbling and beautiful experience for me at the first one. Uh it was like it was a group of women that was like, oh, we drove down from Myrtle Beach. I'm like, you came from Myrtle Beach down. Like how you hear about it? Mm -hmm. People were like, we flew down from Delaware to wow. come to the black food truck festival and it's like you know man like i didn't know you know this is something that people want
1: mm-hmm.
0: now we gotta really cultivate it because i remember meeting those women from savannah too like we took the train down from savannah then we just gonna take the train back and that's when you're like okay we got something for the world to see like yeah i saw pinky on a podcast talking about slutty vegan mm-hmm. and he said something that just touched my spirit she was like I came up with the idea of slutty vegan and you know how you get that idea and you know it this is the one Mm -hmm. when i started realizing i was like oh yeah this is the one like this is it the black food festival is the one
1: for sure oh my god that's so good (laughs) to say and i was literally about to say something that you said earlier i was about to be like to say you're only one year in but you said earlier this is not no one year. This is years and years and years of building, learning, all of that good stuff. Um,
0: the power of the mind, man. Like, you know, this is years of in 2018, just like sitting in here and like, okay, if I walked into a festival, what would I want it to look like?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you planning all of this, these things out in your mind. And then you're just like, okay, when I get a chance, that's what I'm going to do. Like, We're yeah. doing it. Yeah.
1: So Marcus, you know, the Responsible Homegirl, we're all about financial literacy, financial education. So I want to talk about the money piece.
0: <laughs> I, I'm
1: not looking in. People may not understand, oh, why do I have to pay $20 for a ticket? Like, I'm just going in to buy food. Can you talk to me about just the cost of a festival? What people may not even know, like what it takes to actually put a festival on?
0: man you know what you're the first person on all these interviews and podcasts that to really ask me um, that question that's a bad like and i appreciate it because i think people need to know like um when you go to an event there are so so there are so many moving parts um with a festival this size um and i that i don't think people understand um and sometimes you know I, I i'm human so sometimes i want to respond to the comments but i also know that a lot of them are out of ignorance right now, a lot a lot of them are like you like you told your sister that cheap client is they gonna use you up today they, they can't use you no more this is a space if you go out to the fairgrounds and you see all of the things because the fair is literally going on right now right um that is a empty canvas when we get it
1: mm-hmm.
0: um And I don't think people think we have to pay for them to be safe. So we have to have security. So you've got at least, uh, I'm going to walk people through this. I'm not going to give them hard numbers, but (laughs) I'm going to walk them through this. So you get to the fair, there is parking. There is a parking attendant. In any other city, they could charge you for parking. We don't charge you for parking. Mm -hmm. So we have to pay that attendant and his group of 10, 15 people to be able to direct you to park.
1: Okay.
0: So you have to park. Then when you get in, when you're walking up to the event, there are signs everywhere that are A frames with signs in them for that you to. That costs money. That costs money. That are like QR codes <laughs> to guide you to make everything literally easy for you to just be. Oh, I can just buy my ticket online, All right? I, there are banners everywhere. There are signs. When you walk in, there are stepping repeats for you to take pictures in front of for you, but you and your family so that you can post on instagram this year we're gonna have like balloons and like different like marquee letters we're gonna have a bunch of different prop spaces for people to take right. your pictures so i'm excited about that um those cost money like <laughs> 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 those cost money and the, you taking that picture is no cost to you right um, the merchandise that we sell the t-shirts that people may or may not buy like we have merch black food truck festival t-shirts pins t-shirts we have totes this year Those cost money. right? The security that's going to check you in to make sure that you are all safe, Mm -hmm. who is taking all weapons out of your bags or making you walk to the car to put any weapons that you may have up because we want this to be a safe environment. That security team costs money. They have to wand you down. They have to be there all day, 24 hours a day, to make sure that the place is safe. Um, The fairgrounds itself, we rent out the fairgrounds. Like you have to rent out that space. Right. Um, the sound, there is no sound built in. So we have a sound engineered team. So all of those dope performances is, listen, I sound like I'm on a soapbox. You got me. Listen, all I want to say is, because I could go through the list of things that we have to pay for, for you to get in. And ultimately, I say this with so much love. If you want to go to a free festival, I go to them all the time. There are a ton of free festivals that are dope in Charleston. But what we're giving you, as far as a concert, this is a mini music festival. Those bands cost. Right. Like the tents we have. We didn't have enough tents last time because we didn't know it would be hot. All of those things cost to be able to put on a production of this size Mm -hmm. and to really make it quality for people to come in. There's no guarantee that 15,000 people will show up again in two weeks. Mm. and so if we don't charge for people to get in then who eats that i eat that yeah and and next year we're complaining about we don't have anything to do in charleston
1: so my whole motive behind even asking that
0: question
1: (laughs) like and thank you for sharing and being like transparent with it is because i feel like oftentimes we can be so caught up on why i gotta pay for this but as business owners and somebody that is an aspiring entrepreneur you have to know that all of this stuff costs to put on and you use this word production like it is a whole production this is not just something that you walk into get you some food and dip like yeah, just, you know.
0: just, just for you to know about it just to run those facebook ads i felt myself starting to go on because i get so yeah. many messages sometimes on facebook and somebody asked me they were like well is it because it's your baby that like you get offended by it or you get like bothered by it I was like I don't really get bothered about that what I get more bothered about is that people will actually go and trash your business that's less than six months old they'll just go and trash it wow and you put so much time into doing everything because I stand by the fact that we put the customer first Mm -hmm. and we do everything to make sure you have a great experience um and then people will you know they won't even give you any grace we're less than a year old i've only done two festivals in my life um i've never you know this i'm this is a new space for me um now i feel like i'm growing fast in this space i know what people want i'm dope at what i do but we're a small. hey like we listen i'm gonna make sure you have a great time at our event um but sometimes you gotta stand in line you know like Oh, or why do you think that I shouldn't I shouldn't be able to make money um, for providing that experience for you? Yeah, uh, and taking that risk because it's a big risk. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: we don't get the major corporate sponsors like the fair, not yet. Um, we have the numbers now to be able to do that, but this is a risk of Marcus Hammond. And if y'all don't come and if y'all don't pay, y'all not gonna be worried about me next week. Y'all gonna come and have a great time and then leave. You know. Hey. For all the work that I put in, for all the, the work my team puts in, the countless hours of really trying to make it a seamless event and also safe because that security bill is a, an important one right. that we make sure we have a ton of security out to keep people safe. Um, even the videos, you know, Daniel Green and Katrina, that beautiful photo of of you floating around, like <laughs> we go and get the best. And you owe me a for because I'm marketing. I might slide you a little little something. I don't know. But, you know, we we go and get the best. We try to work with the best so that people know that, like, you know, I hate that stereotype of, like, Black businesses uh, don't do it, you know, that we're lazy or that we're unorganized. That's not always the case. There are businesses, period, that are unorganized. There are businesses, period, that don't offer you quality. We want to just really get rid of that stigma so when you come you just know that this is a quality event period like you just have you gonna you gonna want to stay out there all day you're gonna go out there you're gonna eat there's music mm-hmm. all day long like it's a, vibe. it's a vibe there's a cigar lounge and a hookah lounge in the back you know so get out of my comments y'all paying 40 dollars to go to the uh bars in north charleston get out of my comments if I want to go to a free festival. Go to the free festivals they got down here. Like I'll show you. What they
1: Thank is. you, titty, Y'all trolling. <laughs> <laughs> my,
0: <laughs> comments. <That> my comments. <laughs> so, Marcus, I got
1: one last question for you before we wrap up and go into our soul food section. Okay. So, is there any advice or anything that you could give to somebody who may be wanting to throw events, throw a festival? Any just words of wisdom that you could give to that person?
0: Um. I would tell them to to put to follow their vision Mm -hmm. and just do it like um if I had to give them something tangible besides that I would tell them to really reverse engineer it from the customer standpoint um when I do when I did the festival walk out into those spaces and figure out what it is that people want and how to provide it to them um Like, because oftentimes people don't understand your vision, right? And oftentimes people might not think that you're ready for your vision and you just have to move and you just have to go and do it. And when you go and do it uh, by acquiring the knowledge and studying and like studying the market and really reverse engineering by saying, I'm going to do it on this date, and this is how we're going to get it done. And no matter what happens, I'm going to provide the best service possible to get it done, and whether five people or five thousand people come, I'm gonna make sure everybody has a great time. And yeah. then you can do that, and you put that customer first. You'll really start to see a really a growth in your event planning or your lounge or a party or whatever you have. Um, Chick Fil A ain't always got the best chicken, but when you go, you feel welcome. Right. Everybody's gonna smile um you go to halls in charleston like sometimes people might not feel like they have the best steak, but you're gonna feel like a king when you walk in Mm -hmm. they're gonna roll out the red carpet how you doing what you need thank you you know simple stuff like thank you you're welcome like uh, what did you like about it what didn't you like about it so really 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 like hone in on providing that optimum customer experience and you'll be fine
1: yeah actually caring about people for real and not just
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, and one more thing: if you got a dope product or service, scream it to the world. Mm. Like, if nobody knows you're in business, you're not in business.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: don't. If you can't scream it to the world, pay somebody to scream to the world. Um, because a lot of times, like, I feel like we have a really, really dope product, and so we want to shout it out to the world. For ev- don't be shy about it. Tell yeah. everybody. Like, tell everybody. It's just come. Like, this is dope. What yeah. I got is dope. Like, so yeah
1: i'm happy you brought that up too because the marketing is really slept on like you can have this great thing but you're not telling people about it and that's all marketing is is telling people what you got going on so can you just and i know i said that was my last question
0: but this is really <laughs> <my last question. laughs>
1: um talk to us about the marketing with the black food trust vote and why you believe that it had so much success um even though y'all are only one year in
0: because i think people um we have the best images that really quality images Mm -hmm. and psychologically oftentimes we don't get a chance to really see black people just simply like being yeah so when you see all of these black people and all of these different shades smiling and like families together and sisters holding their smoothies and like eating their food and like live music Yeah. Like it makes you feel good to see all of these family photos. They're not just images of us trapped out, you know, partying, drinking, athletes. It's not the normal image. It's a very, very family friendly image. Right. And you see all of these different shades, these different hairstyles. You see people dancing and like, you see people cutting up and like just having a good time. And I think it really resonates that. We have a platform where we can show these beautiful images of Black people having a great time. We are very communal people. We are very community-based. And I think when people see those photos, it resonates with us. And so I don't mind spending the money to make sure everybody sees these pictures. Because I believe in 50 years, people are going to look back, if we never did another Black food truck festival, people would dig up these photos and be like, what was that? It looked like they was having a good time. Like, yeah. like they was having a blast. You know what I'm saying? What event was this? If we never did it again, those images stand the test of time because they're community-based, they're mm-hmm. fun. You even see like, you know what I'm saying? Like our white people coming out, eating food with us, having a good time. I got a dope photo of this girl's white girl and this black girl eating. they just like got food all in their face. Like, it's just fun. Those are like fun images that we enjoy seeing. I think it touches a lot of people and make people want to come out and see what's going on.
1: I agree. I wholeheartedly agree because I see my photos and I just be like, you know, that girl there. <laughs> I got to get that. got
0: like four or five of them just out there having a <laughs> blast. I was like, man, I hate to use this one again, but it's so good. Let me go ahead and put it on all these tickets. And y'all got the natural hair popping, like... Right. It right. look like it's stuff know. that people want to see <laughs> right right yeah. and it's us in all our different forms like right. you know all it's, people always say black people are not a monolith so it's us in all of these different shapes sizes forms it's it's like we have all of these images that i'm about to start putting out of black men like black fathers with their child like their sons and their daughters and like kids playing together like it's a very very beautiful thing to see and katrina Uh, who was our photographer and Daniel, who was our videographer. They do such a good job of capturing these images throughout the, throughout, you know, it's greenery everywhere. They've got the water out there. They've got the bands. You see people doing the electric slide. You see people, you know, buying t-shirts It's just, you see all of us and all of our different elements. And I think, like I said, if you got a dope product or service share it with the world. And so I still don't think we share enough of them. We have thousands of photos Wow. I think we're going to keep on pushing them out everywhere, putting posters up, just like pictures. We didn't get a flyer to last week because we have so many dope photos that we're just able to drop and be like, come to the festival. Mm-hmm. And we got a YouTube channel, Black Food Trail Festival YouTube channel that just shows all of these, you know, we have interviews, You know, we're going to have a street team this year interviewing people. And we got, yeah, we got the musicians who, the artists who just want to create, who don't have a marketing team. They can show their videos when they want to get different gigs because their concerts are uploaded on our channel. And when you see all of that beauty, like all of these good looking black folks, you're like, yeah, I'm going. Especially in Charleston, because we don't have nothing like it. you (laughs) You go on that ticket and you see that girl with her sister up there, you're like, oh, they look like they having fun. Like, you know right. you got the blind fro just popping like
1: yeah i had to come back black
0: <laughs> now, a
1: little bit
0: yeah
1: okay marcus so i don't want to take up too much more of your time but i want to go into our soul food section and this is just a speed round you just tell me the first thing that come
0: Woof, okay. all right are you ready <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> okay
1: so first question give me a crock pot story i feel like we live in a time right now where everybody just wants something super duper fast they want that microwaveable success tell me a time where something had to slow cook in a crock pot for you
0: i hate to be cliche but it's got to be the black food truck festival mm-hmm. um when i had the first one i went through my text messages to look and see like when is the first time i told somebody you know you can search it on your
1: text
0: right. I just black food truck festival and scroll all the way to the bottom it was like june of 2018 wow Um, we didn't have the our first event until november of 2021 so it's like three and a half years and when i tell you people were tired of me talking about the black food truck festival for two years
1: yeah
0: Um, and and this is a true story um i told my homeboy um jermaine johnson about it he's a house representative in columbia shout out to jermaine i was like I had been, I told him about it the first time. He was like, "That's dope." Like, you know what I'm saying? He was excited. You should do it. And then um, in 2021, I was like, I told him, I was like, "Man, I'm gonna do the Black Food Truck Festival." No lie. Quote. He was like, like, "You ain't gonna do that shit." Wow. I was like, "What?" He was like, "You always coming to me with these ideas, like you are gonna do them, and you don't never do them." He's like, "You told me you had this app idea four or five years ago. You never did that." You had the basketball idea you was going to do for an event. You never did that. He's like, man, you ain't going to do it. Like, he's like, whatever. I got off the phone like, what? What are we playing with? You needed that. Yeah, I was like, oh, nah. But, you know, it had taken that. It had been simmering for years. Mm-hmm. And that's what really made me be like, he right. Like, you know, one of the things you asked me, what would I tell young young entrepreneurs? Just do it. Sometimes you just got to step out of your comfort zone and say, this is the date, this is the venue, and then I'm just going to, do whatever challenges come up, I'm not going to change the date, I'm not going to change the venue, and I have literally been thinking about that. I had told everybody about this festival. It was about, it's about five or six people in my inner circle. I was like, yo, would you really come? Man, quit talking to me about this Black Food Truck Festival. You going to do it or not? like you know in 2020 i'm like man it's the year i'm gonna do the black food truck festival then the pandemic comes, you know and then i go to different festivals and get expired again like man this would be dope like i've been talking about this for two years and it still ain't been a black festival like this Mm -hmm. like man how would i do my festival like you know we go to charleston wine and food or we go to go to these oyster roasts and so that thing was man that thing was cooking for a minute like And for a while, you know, like I, I had just been like really sitting on it and just, it took a while for, for me to really just get out of the, all of that out of my head and like really like do it. Um, and it's because when I picked those dates and I picked that venue, I just stuck with it. I said, whatever challenges happen, we just gonna figure it out and keep going.
1: Love it. Second question, the go-to, you know, we all have our go-to meal, that meal that never disappoints. Tell me what's your go-to? What keeps you inspired and motivated to being the entrepreneur that you are?
0: Oh. Um I think the fear of not being able to grow and change. Wow. I, I think that really inspires me. Um I think feeling like um I'll be the same way that I am now in five years. Mm -hmm. It really pushes me to get out of my comfort zone and see different things and explore different challenges of being an entrepreneur. Uh, I also think that's why I like doing events because every event you do, there's going to be some kind of challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every entrepreneurship venture that you go through is going to be some kind of challenge. You're not going to be able to do anything in your life without a challenge. And we can't grow without a challenge. Right, and hopefully, those challenges that we grow through change us and grow us into becoming better people. Mm-hmm. And so, that's the one thing I, that's my go to. Like, how can I change for the better? How can I grow into being a better entrepreneur?
1: Man, that was good! Oh my god, come on!
0: That was the question, man. The question's bringing it out of me, they're bringing them out of me. <laughs> so my
1: next question the itis. What is something that you're sick and tired of seeing as it relates to either money or business?
0: Ooh, uh, oh! Besides
1: your comments, because <laughs> <laughs> I know you thought of them people in your comments.
0: <laughs> business. There's two things. One of them we talked about. Um. The first one, the one we talked about is people want to get right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's hurting a lot of people and we expanded on that already. But number two, the lack of professionalism and care for your customers uh, really, really drives me like up the wall. Like I think so many times people may have a dope product, but they don't listen to what the customer wants and what they're experiencing. Mm. um and we've we're in a world where everything is so accessible Uh, people feel like they can go somewhere else and get it or they feel like they have access to all of these customers and they don't really hone in on treating people who support their business professionally right like i went to a restaurant downtown the other day and nobody was at the hostess stand for like five minutes Mm. and then they just i i asked them you know they were just like hey you know it's like you know, like, and this was a, a restaurant, like a restaurant, restaurant downtown, man, take me to Chick-fil-A where they're going to make me feel good. I know I ain't supposed yeah. to be eating these fries and this chicken sandwich, but you know, I want to go somewhere where I feel like I'm valued, mm-hmm. especially in, in businesses that don't are uh, online businesses. And even in those, when you follow when you send follow-up emails, um, when you connect with that customer, um, uh, cause most times people buy from people, right. And so when they know that you care about their experience as a customer, they're willing to always come back with you and rock with you. Even They'll even give you grace because um, you could go to companies that always treat you well. And if they have a bad day and mess up, you're like, this ain't always my experience. I know it just happened. Like,
1: exactly. I'll be back
0: next week. So really honing in on making sure you provide a very, very pleasurable, professional, and good customer experience.
1: Okay. Love it. So, I didn't ask this question at first. It was supposed to be my first question, but what is your favorite soul food dish? You say you're from Memphis, so I'm interested to see what you say.
0: Dish? Soul? Does it have to be soul? Oh, soul food? It
1: has to be soul food. Soul food? Yes.
0: Fried chicken.
1: Fried, okay. <laughs> 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 and the you reason know why I don't feel it like that is because. Everybody that I have interviewed, they almost always say macaroni and cheese. So I'm there with you.
0: (laughs) Man, fried chicken. Oh, my God. Some good fried chicken. Yeah. You you can't beat no fried chicken. Like I eat that every day if I could. See, now,
1: you
0: don't need get no fried every day cholesterol be high. You talk about itis. That's the real itis right there. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay, my last and final question, we're gonna wrap it up. Is okay that's good. So you know when you take some bite or take a bite in some some into Jesus, I can't talk. <laughs> <When> you take <laughs> a bite into some real good soul food or that piece of fried chicken, if it's good, you're gonna be like, "Mmm, that's good. So can you close us out with some words of wisdom for an aspiring or a young entrepreneur?
0: Uh, One of my favorite ones that I always say and I always tell people is many hands make light work. Mm. So um, what I would encourage young entrepreneurs to do is to look at the people around you, look at a team. If it's not the people around you, find out how you can build a team and allow them to help you to be able to do what you need to do and go where you need to go. Um, nobody, this whole thing we have of being self-made is all false. Um, <laughs> say that not, again. It ain't real, it's not real. Um, even a person that's selling something by themselves has to have a customer, right? You know what I'm saying? Like it takes a team of, of, of individuals working together to be able to accomplish a goal.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: as I said earlier, really becoming self-aware because you being self-aware allows you to know who you are within that team and to know your strengths and weaknesses. And when you know your strengths and weaknesses, you can get people to help you where you're weak and you can be able to add value and provide value to them uh, where you're strong. So really build a team and really be self-aware and know what you like and don't like and go from there.
1: Mm, That's good. That is so good. Thank you so much, Marcus. I appreciate you for being on the podcast two weeks away from your big event
0: two weeks away. thank you i really appreciate you having like for real like you know I, I noticed you maybe a year ago and i've been watching the podcast and i really really love what you're doing like just keep on going and keep doing it because it's much needed like in our community like so i really appreciate you having me on
1: before we end can you tell people where they can purchase their black food truck festival tickets Give us all the spills so they don't miss out on y'all one-year anniversary, because I know you got some stuff up your sleeve. Yes, listen. Black <laughs> food
0: Festival, one-year anniversary, November 19th and 20th, at the Exchange Park Fairgrounds in Laxon, South Carolina. That is the Charleston, South Carolina area. Um, you can only buy your tickets online. Tickets will be available the day of. We just won't be selling them at the door. So there'll be QR codes plastered everywhere, and you'll be able to buy those tickets uh anywhere like you can just as long as you're going online you can buy those tickets we have added an event um sunday night we have a finale concert with the mvp band out of florida there'll be sunday night at the music forum and lafay and the fellows will be kicking off the show sunday um also we have vip tickets you can buy vip tickets and you can skip the line and you can also get there at 10 30 in the morning and try out all of the food trucks Uh, an hour before anybody else gets there so don't be afraid to get those vip ticket line if you don't come at 10 30 if you come at 2 p.m you'll be able to go through the wheel call line and go straight straight in uh skip the line uh so listen we got six bands we got two bands from atlanta okay uh, one called red sample like and these this is hbc this is a fall theme they got like all of the horns like the tubas they're gonna be playing the music it's going to be a whole vibe like yeah. you're not going to be able to find a festival anywhere in the country like this so make sure y'all come out and have a good time uh, shout out to all our sponsors like that have been helping with the event and shout out to people like you who have supported who have been gracious enough to let them use their photos uh, <laughs> hold my check. i'm not even gonna hold you <laughs> <laughs> so everybody just come. You might get caught on camera. Um you will. Uh, all marketing um belongs to us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh make sure y'all come out, man, for real. Two two weeks, November 19th and 20th. We're gonna have a really, really good time. I'm really excited. It's also our one-year anniversary. We're expecting the same number of people. We had over fifteen thousand people in um April. Oh um, man. having about fifteen thousand people out there in November in a couple of weeks. Uh, also, we have the Black Food Trust this is my first time. This is my first time saying this publicly. We also have the Black Food Trust Festival Foundation, uh, a nonprofit dedicated to you know, helping us with our artistic expressions and making an economic impact. Um, don't hesitate to like really like reach out to us about that. We'll be doing a lot of things in the community after this festival. Uh, we've partnered with Ripple and we have an office downtown Charleston. Um, Ripple is a nonprofit that supports other nonprofits.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, like, let's, you know, we we're trying to trying to do a lot of things in the community. We're trying to expand. We're gonna really like, we're gonna blow this thing up and make this the festival to be at every single time. We're gonna always bring down dope artists. We're gonna always have dope food. We're gonna always have people that just want to come. We're gonna provide a safe environment. We got drinks if you want to have drinks. We got kids on if you want to have something for the kids. If you got your turn out there we got it all
1: bring the whole family bring, bring whole all family. your homegirls all your homeboys bring everybody
0: bring everybody.
1: yeah i don't be outside that much and i'm telling you when i go outside it's going to be to a place where i know i can have a good time and i went in april i'm going again in november i already got my ticket so make sure yes yes you yeah.
0: buy tickets no i got a media pass for you i would have had a media pass for you but i appreciate you you know
1: Thank
0: you. <laughs> you coming to the finale concert too
1: so that's to be determined because uh, that's on Sunday. that's perfect. on Sunday, so we gonna see all right but, um i'll make sure i put all of your social media where you can purchase tickets in the description box if you're listening on podcast i'll have it down there for you too so you can just conveniently go purchase your ticket go do more research if you need it but Marcus, I cannot thank you enough for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And like I always tell y'all, with exposure, execution, and consistency, there is absolutely nothing you can't do. I'll see y'all next time.